It's a write-off for them. How is it a write-off? They just write it off. <laughs> write it off what? Jerry, all these big companies, they write off everything. You don't even know what a write-off is. Do you? No, I don't. But they do. And they're the ones writing it off. Love Seinfeld, along with that episode. If you're like Jerry and don't know what a write-off is, listen in here. Welcome. You're at the Beacon. So glad you found us. Prepare to have your blind spots illuminated. Hey everyone, and welcome to The Beacon, presented by Omnistar Financial Group. I'm your host, David Darab. This podcast arose from our passion to curate the very best ideas and insights in practice management, finance, investing, and leadership from our network of trusted advisors, consultants, and high-performing individuals. Our goal is to illuminate your blind spots and provide actionable strategies for you to use in your practice. If you enjoy this podcast, you can always find more information about these topics along with others at the Omnistar Financial Group website, omnistarfinancial.com. It's important to remember, it's not what you don't know that will get you in trouble. It's what you know for sure, but just ain't so, that will. So, let's jump in and get started. With the year-end approaching, we'll soon be turning our attention to holiday celebrations and festivities, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and Section 179 deductions. If you're a small business owner, especially a dentist, You'll be visited by equipment sales professionals, especially at year-end, who tout the incredible tax savings one can accrue by using Section 179. With those two words, tax deduction, dentists become easy prey for the dental equipment sales rep and many times make large capital purchases for their tax benefits alone. In this podcast, we're going to spend some time learning more about Section 179 and illuminate several blind spots the sales rep is sure to leave out. Section 179 is part of the Internal Revenue Tax Code, which allows small businesses to take an accelerated tax write-off in the year of purchase for equipment which would otherwise be depreciated or expensed over time. Most of the equipment in a dental practice qualifies, and under the right conditions, it can be a great tool to reduce your tax liability while improving and upgrading the technology in your practice. There are many pundits out there preaching the benefits of Section 179 as an incentive for doctors to save on their taxes. Admittedly, there is a time and a place where we would agree. However, there are some Section 179 pitfalls practice owners need to be aware of and consider when making that determination. Let's take some time to go down the rabbit hole and learn some rules to be aware of when considering Section 179. Rule 1. Only your tax professional knows best. There are so many nuances and details of Section 179 that it is essential for you to consult with your tax professional prior to pulling the trigger on this. Projections and planning for your current year as well as future years is critical. Many times it's in the future years where the potential problems with Section 179 becomes apparent. Only your accountant knows for sure if electing the Section 179 deduction is beneficial for you. 
Rule two, your equipment sales rep is not your tax professional. In all the excitement of the year-end sales frenzy, your equipment sales rep will most likely illustrate the maximum one-year tax savings for you with a quick spreadsheet calculation. I wish this were that easy, but it's not. As my accountant likes to tell me repeatedly, it depends, David. Buyer beware. This calculation is an estimate only and should have the disclaimer for illustrative purposes only. Without a comprehensive understanding of the doctor's financial situation and tax bracket, an equipment sales rep does not have sufficient information to determine the amount of money a doctor will save. You, as a doctor, must consult with your tax advisor before making a large purchase. Remember Rule 1. Only your tax professional knows best. Rule 3. Knowing the name of something doesn't mean you understand it. It seems at year-end, everyone is talking about Section 179 write-off or Section 179 deduction. At this time of year, this is the most common question our consulting firm is asked. Can I use the Section 179 write-off? How much more equipment can I buy to save taxes? So just because someone espouses this term does not mean they know or understand it. You can hear it called a write-off, a deduction, an accelerated expensing, or even an accelerated depreciation. So many terms, but so little time. So, which is it? An expense? A deduction? A write-off? A depreciation? How exactly does Section 179 reduce your taxes? If you don't know, listen on here. To understand how Section 179 reduces your taxes, we must appreciate, in basic terms, how your financial statements work, and how they are interrelated. The balance sheet, the income statement, or P&L for profit and loss, and the statement of cash flows. First, capital equipment purchases are classified as assets and appear on your balance sheet, completely avoiding your income statement. The income statement shows your revenue and all the expenses incurred to generate that revenue, not your assets. Capital equipment is expensed in the income statement through the process of depreciation. Depreciation is a complex accounting topic best delegated to your accountant. As the business owner, you should understand that depreciation expense accounts for the loss in economic value over time of an asset. This loss is a result of wear and tear, consumption, the effects of time, as well as obsolescence. This depreciation expense is a non-cash expense, as no cash is exchanged here, i.e., no check is written. Think of it as an accounting entry or adjustment. Be aware that there are several methods accountants use to depreciate assets. As a result, it is acceptable to calculate depreciation for taxes differently from how depreciation is recorded for accounting purposes. So... Say you purchased that new comb beam scanner for $100,000 and your accountant recommended a five-year depreciation schedule to match your five-year bank loan. Assuming the equipment will be fully depreciated to a book value of zero, your depreciation would be $20,000 per year. This $20,000 shows up on your income statement as a depreciation expense, thus reducing your net income by $20,000. Remember, 
your net income is linked to your balance sheet through the retained earnings section. This $20,000 depreciation expense effectively lowers your retained earnings by the same $20,000. Since most dental corporations are pass-through entities and not subject to taxation, your $100,000 comb beam scanner, depreciated at $20,000 per year, has effectively reduced your taxable income by $20,000 and at 35% tax rate saves you $7,000 in taxes each year. So, what does Section 179 do? It allows you to take an accelerated depreciation and fully deduct the entire expense of the equipment in the year of purchase. Please note, there are restrictions and limitations to all tax codes. Consult your tax professional for all those details. In our comb beam example, depreciation, the entire $100,000 purchase, reduces your net income and effectively your taxable income by $100,000, saving up to $35,000 in taxes. Remember, and key point here, your mileage may vary, as may your tax savings. Only your accountant knows for sure if Section 179 is beneficial to you. Remember Rule 1. Only your tax professional knows best. To further complicate Section 179, there's also something called bonus depreciation, kind of like a cousin to Section 179. Bonus depreciation also allows for 100% depreciation of qualified assets. Simply stated, Section 179 provides greater flexibility than just bonus depreciation alone. With bonus depreciation, you can, cre- you can create a tax loss, but with Section 179, you can only bring the taxable income down to zero. As you can quickly appreciate the entire discussion of depreciation, Section 179 and bonus depreciation, along with the many other depreciation methods, can get very technical and complex, well beyond my expertise. Certainly, well beyond the expertise of a dental equipment sales professional. While it is important for you to understand depreciation and how it affects your financial statements, I recommend that you save yourself some time and leave depreciation calculations to the accounting experts. At this juncture, I can't resist reviewing for you the effect a capital expenditure has on your financial statements. Let's take a look. When you purchase a $100,000 comb beam machine with financing, you add $100,000 to your cash asset on your balance sheet and create a $100,000 loan liability. Remember, your balance sheet must balance. Assets must equal liabilities plus owner's equity. When purchased, the $100,000 cash from the loan is converted into a $100,000 equipment asset on the balance sheet. Your monthly loan payment of about $1,800, which is 4.5% over five years, breaks down into principal payment of approximately $1,700 and an interest payment of about $100. The principal payment appears on your statement of cash flow, while your interest payment appears on your income or profit and loss statement as an interest expense. We already mentioned the depreciation expense will appear on the income statement too. There you have it. If you need a refresher on the key financial statements, please go back and listen to my podcast series on each one. 
It will get you up to speed on how to talk finance, the language of business. After listening to my series, rest assured, you will know more business and financial statement analysis than 98% of your colleagues. Guaranteed. Rule four, you should never be in a hurry to buy equipment. Section 179 is available to you year-round, not just in the closing days of the year. It is not a time-limited offer valid in December only. There is no special tax magic for Section 179 at year-end. Ideally, you should be carefully planning your major capital expenditures throughout the year, not rushing at the last closing moments of the year to get equipment installed. The Russian panic is created because in order to qualify for the Section 179 deduction, the equipment must be purchased and put into service by December 31st. So, please feel free to purchase your needed equipment throughout the year, not just in December, and still take advantage of the Section 179 depreciation while enjoying using your new technology. Rule 5. You get the maximum deduction with or without Section 179. It is important to realize that all capital equipment will be fully depreciated per the depreciation schedule chosen by your accountant. Section 179 does not allow for any additional depreciation. Section 179 just takes all the depreciation in one year. No more, no less. No special magic or secret sauce. Listen on for potential traps and blind spots, though. It's never as simple as a salesperson make it out to be. Rule 6. You still have to pay for the equipment. Write-off, deduction, expensing, all sound wonderful, but none of these verbs reduce the cost of your equipment. You must still pay for it. After all the high fives and celebrating over your massive Section 179 year-end deduction that just saved you lots of money on your taxes, you're left with the reality of paying on your banknote for the next five years or so. In future years, you've now completely lost the depreciation expense and deduction on your income statement since you took all your depreciation in the year of purchase by electing Section 179. Many call this the Section 179 tax trap that catches you in future years. You are now left with the reality of higher net income, higher personal taxes, along with loan repayments for your equipment purchase. This potential double whammy repeats during the period of your loan repayments. This is a huge blind spot and potential pitfall when Section 179 is elected. Follow me here. You load up on equipment, pay with debt, and expense it all through Section 179. You're happy to owe so little in taxes, the equipment rep's happy, and your CPA looks like a genius. But, and there's always a but, in future years, you now have less cash because you're now paying on your debt service. And without any deductions, remember you elected Section 179, you now have a higher taxable income and corresponding tax bill that further reduces your cash. Rule 7. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. With all the year-end excitement and frenzy, it sounds like a great idea to be able to write everything off, but doing so may not result in all the tax savings claimed. In deciding whether to elect Section 179 or bonus depreciation, doctors need to think about what future earnings are expected.
one might want to save some deductions to offset future income when earnings and taxes could be higher. As with any tax decision, you cannot look at the current year with blinders on. Before making a decision to take the Section 179 deduction, it's important that you and your accountant discuss not only this year's tax implications, but also the impact it will have on future years as well. Ask your accountant if the refund I get this year is at the expense of next year. Don't fall for the Section 179 tax trap. You have just been warned. Rule 8. Never buy a tax deduction. Your goal is to pay as much tax as you can. Yes, let me repeat that. Paying taxes is okay. In fact, paying more taxes is even better. Paying more taxes means you must have more income as well. We here at Omnistar believe that maximizing and growing your income is the key to growing your wealth and becoming financially independent. Minimizing taxes is not a strategy that will grow your wealth or help you become financially independent. Spending your cash to buy a tax deduction never creates wealth. Your deduction reduces your taxable income by the amount of your expense. This is identical to buying something on sale. If your marginal tax rate is 35%, then you get everything the practice buys at 35% off. The kicker is, and many forget, you still have to pay for the 65%. Said another way, would you spend $1,000 to save $350? Understanding that simple question along with the answer, and you are well on your way to creating wealth. So, time to sum things up here. We've learned that Section 179 has no special powers or magic. It simply allows you to fully depreciate your capital equipment in the year of purchase. As with all Internal Revenue Tax Code, there are rules, limitations, and restrictions that apply. Listeners are urged to consult a qualified tax professional for guidance here. Your sales rep is not equipped to provide you such guidance. Planning for future years is critical, so the timing of your depreciation expense aligns with your future income growth. Such planning can help you avoid the Section 179 tax trap where phantom income and its associated tax bill is created when your depreciation expense was used up in the prior year by electing Section 179. This is a double whammy with higher taxes along with debt service on your equipment loans, creating negative cash flow. Also, avoid the year-end rush and frenzy Budget and buy your capital equipment and start using it anytime during the year. Section 179 is available available to you year-round. Remember, Section 179 only accelerates depreciation. does not allow any additional write-offs, deductions, or depreciation. And finally, never buy a tax deduction. If you need the equipment to better your patient care, then by all means purchase it. But buying it solely for tax deduction is a wealth-destroying strategy. We hope that this information has created a few aha moments or stimulated some additional questions you can direct to your advisors. Hopefully you now have a better understanding of what Section 179 is, and more importantly, what it's not. We welcome your questions here 
at Armley Star Financial 2. Our team is experienced and will help find answers to your questions regarding capital equipment budgeting. We welcome the chance to help you grow your practice and improve your profitability. Our contact information can be found at our website, omnistarfinancial.com. You'll also find a link there to sign up for our newsletter. Please be sure to check out our show notes too. Please share this podcast if you found it helpful. Leave a review on iTunes too. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future podcast episodes. You can always find me, your host, David Darab, at my Twitter handle, at ddarab. Thank you so very much for tuning in and listening. We are very grateful for your time and attention, and so very pleased to have you in our audience. And now for the required disclaimer. This podcast is a publication of Omnistar Financial Group. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. All expressions of opinion reflect the judgment of the authors as of the date of publication and are subject to change. Information on this podcast does not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice. Professional advisors should be consulted before implementing any of the options presented. Omnistar Financial Group is not engaged in the practice of law or accounting. Information contained in this podcast should not be taken as financial, tax, or legal advice. Please consult with qualified professionals concerning your specific situation.